0: Hey, it's Nathan. I wanted to make a video (laughs) about an experiment that I did using my own physiology. And the reason that I started this experiment was a Facebook conversation that I was having with a friend about whether or not it's immoral to indulge in uh, pornography and... My opinion was that it's not really immoral in the human domain. And the reason for that is because the uh, people using porn, or really any type of toxic, dangerous substance, are not, if that's all they're doing, they're not actually harming anyone else. But toxic, dangerous substances you know, like porn, uh, methamphetamine, alcohol, they can lead a person later on, especially if they indulge in them chronically. It can lead to the person behaving immorally. So until it reaches that stage of creating a danger to other people or even physically harming people, Lying, lying to people and causing them, uh, you know, to suffer because you're deceiving them to rob them in some way. That's pretty typical with drug users. Drug addicted, you know, the bad drugs, basically. But I was rethinking the uh, opinions that I had about porn because I had realized that it's not actually immoral on the macrocosmic human domain and I'll explain more what I mean about about that word macrocosmic human domain when it comes to morality. It's a uh, truth that I discovered but with the help of ayahuasca and peyote that it's those those substances ayahuasca peyote other psychedelics they speed up your thinking and th- they give you, you know, a superhuman ability compared to someone who's not using them to discern truth and to solve paradoxes, and a paradox is an idea that to the person who hasn't solved it yet, it would appear that two directly contradictory statements are both true. and. Solving a paradox involves realizing when one side of that coin is true and then when the other side is true and in what context and realizing that they're not there is no contradiction between the two opinions it's just a matter of context and Exactly on the detailed level exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of different types of paradoxes, but that's just one type and for a while I was trying to understand back when I um, Had pornography problems and really just you know all kinds of sexual problems attraction problems There was a phase where I was Going through a withdrawal phase, similar to a person who is addicted to drugs, going through a multi year phase where there's temptations and cravings for the substance. And I, went, I definitely went through that phase after quitting internet porn. And I really abstained completely for a, a solid three years. And yeah, occasionally when I would use the internet, there would be some sort of picture of a girl that would pop up and it would start to activate the same brain pathways that you would activate, you know, while using pornography. But I didn't really ever feed that dragon and go click around and purposefully look for that type of video or data or information. And that's kind of the difference. And that's why I would say I was totally abstinent for about three two to three solid years and uh, there was before that there was a definitely a relapse period for a couple years where I was mostly abstinent but then I would occasionally screw up and set myself back and there are very tangible set, setbacks I would experience a drastic reduction in my energy just creative energy after using and especially after masturbating Which for, for when I was growing up They were always connected If, if I was watching porn I was simultaneously masturbating So the, what, the reason why I went back And did this experiment Is to see if I could uh, See what, what effect the, Just the porn itself would have Without any type of Self-pleasuring uh, Or self-touching Or masturbation at all And just to see Because I was having this discussion With my friend And my opinion was that it's not immoral to create pornography assuming it doesn't involve coercion or violence or rape. Creating that type of information and uploading it to a computer and even uploading it to the internet is not itself a wrongdoing, especially in the macrocosmic human domain. I might have to do some more thinking to really come to a strong conclusion as whether on the microcosmic level, which almost none of us are operating at, which means it's almost irrelevant. I'll explain that again, like I said, I've got a lot of stuff that I want to cover uh, just about this one video on just about microcosmic karma and right and wrong on the microcosmic level, which can mean the cellular level. So on the cellular level, yes certain drugs drugs are immoral to use because they damage cellular bodies and you could almost consider your body to be in a way separate a separate life form entirely from you so this applies all around the board not just for porn or dangerous drugs but other you know types of foods can give you a you know, suffering, that's how you know something is generally one way, one indicator that something is immoral is if it's generating suffering, either for you or for those around you. And for the people around you, there's another paradox and another clarification and qualification I have to make. If it's generating suffering for them only because of their thinking being out of alignment with truth, and it's causing them, you know, emotional upset whenever you say certain things, for example, or behave in a certain way, but it's only—it's not because what you were doing was a wrongdoing or saying was incorrect or untrue. It is because they're attached to a delusion, and so so destroying that delusion triggers them into reacting kind of violently or hatefully or manipulatively a lot of the times, trying to make the other person feel guilty just for having a certain opinion. You know, like a good example. My opinion is that people shouldn't join police or military forces because they're organized crime, and it's it's a big violent street gang, as far as I'm concerned. Just my me saying that would trigger a lot of people into having an emotionally negative kind of hateful reaction where they would possibly, you know, depending on how delusional the person was and ungrounded in truth, they might even lash out physically and try to blame me and say, like a cop, for example, if you were to tell them to their face that they should quit their job and what they're doing is illegal and they have no right to fuck with you, sometimes they just lash out on you right there and and their gang member buddies, of course, aren't really going to have any sympathy for you because they're all delusional. So, you know, offending people who are out of alignment with truth is not a wrongdoing and and is actually a completely innocent thing to do and may actually be helping them to, to solve paradoxes and to, on their own learning path and spiritual journey, in self defense against people like that is absolutely a right too because again that's another way to teach them by just giving them consequences of if they're behaving out of alignment with truth or beh- behaving immorally because they're thinking before that which you know thinking comes before behavior generally in the uh, alchemical equation thoughts kind of generate both emotions and behavior but it but they all kind of self self they all kind of mirror back each other. So the reality that you're in kind of dictates on some level what thoughts you're going to be having. And the emotions that you have currently also kind of dictate the thoughts that are just going to spontaneously pop in your head. So it's an equation with uh, where all the variables affect each other. And working on any one of those four variables, really, thought, emotion, action, or just directly the manifested result, affects all of the other three so the thoughts that you're generating and choosing in your mind will produce certain emotions and certain actions and will directly even have an effect on some level on the physical manifested world before you even act the actions are very important though and you shouldn't you shouldn't just think that you can think and feel and meditate your way out of you know a prison cell some action would would greatly speed up that process. So you got to have all four of those to, to really be practicing magic effectively. But back to the topic of, I guess, microcosmic karma versus macrocosmic karma. Microcosmic karma is, in most cases, irrelevant to the human domain because there's no, very few, if any, perfect people walking around on this planet... So in order for a person similar to what Jesus said you got to pull the this the log out of your own eye before you attack another person because they have a splinter in their eye it's called hypocrisy and it's actually a solution to a paradox that provides once you solve it you're you don't have to think about those thoughts anymore because you've all it's not confusing anymore you have clarity and you're able to act on them confidently and share the message with others effectively because you're not missing pieces and you and you've covered all the bases to come to the conclusion which makes sense out of everything and there's nothing whacking in your mind about a specific topic anymore so an example, again, being the substances that you take in are going to have karmic effect, a cause and effect, and part of the human experience is to learn exactly which substances and which thoughts even, you know, which, which behaviors especially, but behaviors are connected to the physical world, so, you know, drinking uh, alcohol is going to have an effect on your physiology. And if on a microcosmic level, meaning the cells are gonna fuck up, your organ, your internal organs are gonna be damaged, your brain will be damaged. That's a, a known, known, scientifically proven effect, and it's very easy at this stage in human development for us to discern that just based on other people's experience. It's kind of, it should be at least common knowledge at this point but some people you know they have other deep psychological emotional issues they either don't care about themselves or on some level hate themselves or they're just hopeless about the human situation and really sad and so they turn to alcohol ignoring all of the warning signs about it somehow they because they haven't learned completely and fully because to know and not to do is not to know so if they haven't fully learned to never touch it again then they might just have to go down that downward spiral, rabbit, you know, horrible path of self-destruction. And if they bottom out and they hit rock bottom and change, that might be the learning, you know, experience that they needed to get a, to get to get past just that entire way of being. A lot of people will will hit a rock bottom and recover a little bit, maybe go to rehab, uh, but then they go and they go and. Relapse, and what that's an indicator that they haven't a hundred percent figured out the, the direct causal correlation between drinking alcohol and the damage that it produces. But because of the uh, macrocosmic, they're operating on the microcosmic scale. If all they're doing is drinking alcohol, meaning they're only damaging their own physiology. And, again, another paradox here is ownership of your, your own body. It's a paradox because in the human macrocosmic domain, everybody owns their own body. On the microcosmic cellular level, the cells have a life of their own, and the bacteria and all of, all of the um, life forms that exist inside of a human body, including the DNA on some level they have their own intelligence and their own independence which is in, on it's connected but subtly also it's it's own thing operating autonomously that's why it's called an autonomous nervous system and it sort of dictates your life In a lot of ways, it's connected. There's a direct connection. You can dictate to your genome and your cells and give it substances that are going to make it strong and healthy. Or you can do the opposite and feed it toxins, poisonous garbage, which on the objective reality, under natural law really, are going to, you know, chemistry, basic chemistry knowledge is a big part of it and even more, like, spiritual subtle energies. Because the mental realm is also connected to the physical realm. So the the substances you take in will have an effect on on the mind-body-spirit complex uh, on all levels. The emotional complex, too. And if you're taking in substances which destroy the physiology, you should expect to also see destruction in the uh, mind-emotion... And also the manifested reality as well, because there, again, the manifested reality is connected to thoughts, emotions, and actions in in a feedback loop, which goes back and forth between all four of those variables. So, uh, you know, uh, a a real solid alchemist and magician understands these causal factors under natural law and understands, you know, three years of study and experience and... A big part of allowing people to up-level and become, you know, magical wizards is giving them the space, and this is this is a big part of proper parenting in a, in a lot of ways. Sometimes you got to give the, your children and your brothers and sisters and your friends space to make their own mistakes because, again, most of us are not perfect beings. I'm not saying there's not a perfect being somewhere, but the majority of us are not perfect beings and we're we're chronically still engaging in microcosmic, on the microcosmic plane, immoral wrongdoings that cause damage to uh, innocent micro microcosmic structures. For example, it's hard for me, difficult for me to get away with it karmically because what goes around comes around under natural law. It's a big part of what we're here to learn. So... If I were to, let's say, join a police force with uh, like a drug intervention narcotics task force, that on the surface with the mind control and the delusions that people have would appear to some people emotionally even. They might have a passion for it. And again, your emotions can be... It's not like the heart 100% of the time and everybody knows, knows the truth about everything. It's connected to the thoughts... The reality, what other people are telling you, and I mean, your own actions too. Like, the, there's a, there's a entire sub sub genre of mind control called heart control, which is all about emotional manipulation and getting people people's hearts because their minds are confused logically. And, and I read this book, Reality Transurfing, which is an excellent book for law of attraction and manifesting and I'd recommend it for anyone. It's written by this Russian Russian guy. Forgot his name, but really really helped me with my subconscious. Helped me manifest all kind of good things in my life. Um, you know, helped me get a girlfriend after. It helped me. I mean, there was other helpers too. Plant medicines, my what I learned about the sexual tantra in the mind even giving myself my own partner in my own mind. A big part of uh, Law of Attraction is visualizing the what you want as if it had already manifested. I had heard that from Kevin Trudeau on his also pretty decent Law of Attraction material called Your Wish is Your Command. You want to listen to a wide variety of eclectic sources of information, not just one of these guys, to get the full picture. You know, Kevin Trudeau might be really, really, really good at his law of attraction on, on some points, but then he might be missing some of the puzzle that Reality Transurfing can also fit in. And those two guys might, might also not be focusing as much on the third component, which is action. You know, Mark Passio is really, really good at, at getting people into action, which is absolutely critical if you're trying to attract, you know, success or health or relationship or whatever, you know, freedom. Just just the knowledge of what freedom even is and that it's a top priority and a lot of these other things are kind of like lesser priorities than knowledge of truth, you know, good good emotion and good relationships and freedom. That's a big part of attraction. If, if your priorities are off and you just want money and you just want power over other people, you're working against nature at that point and you're going to have to... It's like forcing a, a basketball under underwater, you know you have to expend a whole lot more effort than you if you would have just not did that. So it's like you're working against nature by prioritizing the wrong things. For a long time though, I was aware that the police state was a big problem. And I knew that I should be you know spending a lot of time deprogramming people, putting out truthful vibes like, like I'm doing now. And I had even begun the process of doing that, but because I was lacking in my emotional makeup and I was always perceiving as a scarcity of, you know, sexual partners, and I was having a lot of sexual hang-ups, you know, just talking to, to girls in the reality. It was very distracting. I couldn't even focus on the great work. On some level, I I, I was doing a little here and there. You know, I started my podcast on SoundCloud. That was. I, I eventually got my own website, but I think that was after I had solved, you know, the paradox of. Big, big paradox that's connected to all of this. The porn connected to the porn porn use as well is, people being, programmed on some level to identify as. Either, either male or female. And I was able to, you know, I was always male male growing up. I had been raised as male. I have a male body. That, that hasn't really changed. But there was an entire feminine dynamic in my mind that I was never aware was even there. Because I just didn't understand that such things were possible that you could Become a girl in your mind and just make love to your to yourself, just by sexually fantasizing. And that that alone would fix your emotional issues and get you balanced. And so, there's no even actual need. There's no there's no real pressing like neediness issue of which is very very kind of toxic and. Turns girls off faster than anything else. Neediness. You know, if you need them to be emotionally okay, that's like red flag, they won't talk to you. (laughs) Especially the hot ones. That's what I learned from listening to uh, the pickup artist guys. Because that guy, RSD Owen, he was was a good teacher for me for a while. Um, He's not teaching this, uh, you know, unity with the feminine demonic or mental, you know, psychological healing. Left, You can even call it on some level a left brain, right brain uh, connecting or something. The, le- the right brain being in in the, uh, and I'm not even necessarily talking about physically, the left hemisphere or right hemisphere. I'm more talking about just male-female brain or male-female psychological dynamic. Uh, I think Carl Jung maybe may even speak about this, although I haven't read much Carl Jung. But there's no real pressing, just emergency, like stressed out, can't even think of the the right word for it, but just a uh, stress-based neediness of something that's missing in your life that you can't give yourself and that other people are in control of. Females and physical females in the reality have all the feminine energy. I only have male energy, so... I'm fucking... I, I'm stuck here. I need a partner. If you ever felt like that, you should check out my previous video, uh, Nathan's Freedom Zone, Episode 6, Sexual Alchemy, and I have a, a, a blog now that is on, also on library. It's been on Steemit for a couple years. It's called... Uh, Nathan's Blog, at sign Nathan's Blog on on library. On Steemit, it's called uh, at sign Crystal-Spider. So... And if, if people ever want to chat me up on the library Discord, I'm on there too as Crystal Dash Spider. So if you ever see Crystal Dash Spider, that's me. <laughs> but you know for now my email address is still on uh, my library you know informa- information if you ever want to try to contact me that way. Uh, eventually I might get another email address. If, if somebody starts blowing my email up, which happens to a lot of these truthers, you know Max Egan talks a lot about, recently that he's been his emails have just been out of control so i was trying to get in touch with mark passio for a while uh telling him tell him different things updates on my life and stuff and he just wasn't responding to me on the at the mark at what on earth is happening email anymore and i wasn't sure if it was he just didn't have time and he's got a, a, a hundred emails a day flying at him it's very, very likely, and maybe he even started a new email address that he only he only gives out to his inner circle. Likely the case. So I don't know if at some point I may need to do that. We'll see. But until that happens, you can still contact me at at gmail.com. Uh, or you know on the Discord app. I'm on there some here and there. You could you could DM me on the Discord app, Crystal-Spider. I check it. Pretty frequently, because I'm, I'm doing library shit a lot. I've been scripting it, been getting... Uh... And I'm not done talking about the sexual sexual stuff at the internet, the porn. I haven't even really covered that whole base. It's a big can of worms. And the style that I like to do with podcasting is just go with what is, what is on my mind in the moment. I feel like just by having a non-blocked flow of energy with my throat chakra... I'm able to get get the most information um, into your head without trying to structure it. I don't usually even structure anything I say ahead of time. So I'm just kind of... I, I just feel like this is a great way to produce a lot of material, cover a lot of bases simultaneously, connect all the dots for people. Yeah, you know, I'm already 26 minutes into this video and still haven't even fucking got to the point yet completely. You know, I'm getting there. But it's kind of a journey and... A big part of manifesting, again, what by, by Kevin Trudeau told me is that the, the people that you listen to, very, very, very important for manifesting. Uh, Mark Passio says the same thing. The information you take in is fundamental. You have to be taking in, you know, information just to start with. Some people aren't even doing that. So, but good information, high-quality information. Uh, that's the, how the entire reality is built. Just by the dark occultists, what they do is they feed people garbage information through the mainstream media. Uh, they poison their circuits, you know, in their CPU because they're kind of they're uh, they're dark alchemists themselves. They they have knowledge of what what substances c- create what effects. You know, that's what all their immoral animal experimentation in labs. A lot of that is just about figuring out exactly how fucked up. And I used to work in one of these labs at a National Center for Toxicology Research. Yeah, I used to be in a cult. Same, similar to Mark Passio. I mean, he was in a uh, satanic cult of, uh, what is it, Church of Satan under Anton LaVey. He was made a priest in that religion. I was made a priest in a completely different cult, which people don't even recognize is a cult. And that's the... Uh, academic PhD school system. I I received a a PhD degree in bioinformatics, and for for these average brainwashed zombies in these neighborhoods, that would be like something to just give someone a handshake and pat them on the back and be like, wow, you're a fucking superhero. You have a PhD. But now, after taking in all this solid truth or information, Mark Passio especially, I just see it now as like, you know, me being fooled in the past and my entire family being fooled, into wasting 25 years of my life handing it over to Satan having me in a fucking lab watching watching innocent rodents being executed and poisoned with amphetamines like these people were just giving hundreds of animals hundreds at a time in a, in a year hundreds of animals this one like these it's just really really sick they had monkeys there too it's it's a place that's in It's in Arkansas, uh, Jefferson Lab. It's called the National Center for Toxicological Research. Kind of out in a small, small little town outside of the city. It's very military-styled, and it's right next to this other horrible vibe called the Pine Bluff Arsenal. The Pine Bluff Arsenal was around longer than NCTR, and they sold off some of the property to, to NCTR under the FDA. Um, but the Pine Bluff arsenal's still there, and as far as I know, I mean, why would it be there if they weren't still producing bioweapons and shit for the dark occultists, you know, to go fuck everyone's lives up? So, the fact that those two buildings are still there, still operating means, you know, there's a lot of work to do in people's minds, get people out of this shit, because they're still torturing animals as far as I know over there, so... And that's just one lab. There's probably you know thousands of these labs around the world, if I were to guess. Uh, and so back to the experiment that I was running the other day, I was having a discussion with a friend on Facebook, talking about whether or not it was immoral to watch porn. My opinion that uh, in the macrocosmic domain, which is where most humans operate. No, it's not immoral because you're not directly stealing or causing harm to another living being. I was aware that it has a physiological repercussion, especially when it's uh, connected to masturbation. And what what I was slightly still unsure of is whether or not you could watch porn without masturbating or touching yourself and you know whether or not that would be a balanced healthy thing to do or if that would be you know self-sabotaging in some way because it, i had always done those two things together and eventually after 12 fucking years of that realized that i had been self-sabotaging myself horrifically the entire time so Again, quitting that was sort of like quitting other types of drugs with the uh, withdrawal and craving period and everything. And I was definitely not in a hurry to go and, you know, relapse. Basically, I was totally done with it. But the other night, that discussion made me think, it made me just wonder what would happen if you weren't. touch yourself at all, and just occasionally looked at internet porn. You know, because I wasn't sure if there existed a person who could do that, and have it not affect them in any negative way, because really, the, the act of doing that is really just looking at a file on a computer. You know, but it's a special type of file that interacts with you physiologically. So, I experimented, and I tried it the other night, and... Um, basically just went and looked at whatever videos I wanted to for oh I, I did it off and on for the, the, the whole night didn't really go to bed till like 5 a.m. or something but I found a lot of I was much more sensitive to it than I used to be than I used to be so I noticed it right off that it was having a kind of like a drug like stimulant effect that was very 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 powerful and uh, as I was using it, I noticed it was releasing a lot of dopamine and it felt like a lot of different glands and different parts of the brain were being activated and releasing things. I was thinking that it would probably up my testosterone levels, which is generally a good, good thing to have, high testosterone. And I wasn't sure, but I was—I uh, was thinking it might actually stimulate me to uh, produce to have more sexual energy, as long as I didn't lose that energy through ejaculation. So that was, you know, my reasoning behind running an experiment like that. And it kind of helped that I wasn't feeling guilty about it because I wasn't really doing anything immoral per se. At least that's how it was feeling or thinking and at the time it seemed like it was helping me in a way and I seemed like I was getting a lot out of it and the next day though is when they started to to wonder about it because it felt like it had drained me of a lot of the uh, dopamine and neurotransmitters and yeah, during while I was doing it, it provided kind of a euphoria, and it seemed to satisfy a craving and an urge on some level. And it seemed to... Uh, it almost seemed like, at the time, it almost seemed like it was some sort of a useful tool that I had just been biased against using, and now that I was okay and allowing myself to use it again, that it was like a life upgrade. But the next day, it just didn't seem quite... Um, it felt my something in my brain kind of felt off, and I had, it, although I didn't touch myself at all, I had really stimulated the uh, testicles and you know the sacral region, and I had really kind of maxed out on it just to get a good experimental data, you could say. So, it it wasn't really per, an overstimulation per se. It was just like. You know, see what would happen if I just did it as as long as it was interesting and I didn't overdo it. But I but I just kind of maxed out as far as my interest, and I interspaced it out with a lot of really really productive things in the night. Like I was doing a lot of yoga, I was doing a lot of work on my library scripting and getting my blog posts all formatted and getting the tags. And it seemed to really actually be helping with that i did some exercise in the middle of the night i noticed it was really releasing a lot of like adrenaline or or related molecules it seemed to have like a dopamine adrenaline and testosterone kind of combination release which i could feel it surging through my blood very 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 powerful combination uh one thing my partner told me the next day was that yeah, what what she had read was that whenever you're watching porn it doesn't release oxytocin which is supposed to balance all the rest of that out so it felt off the next day though I, I went running as soon as I woke up and I ran probably at least it seemed like 10 miles um, it was pretty normal for me but I felt kind of kind of powered up. I felt like I was still had a lot of power left over from from that release last night of all those energies in my body. You know, even though I was doing a lot of stretching, guitar playing, just productive things in the middle of the night, it's still the next day, it seemed like I, I was still feeling that stuff in my blood. So, I went running and uh, I had a really re- nice relaxing bath and later... After that and I guess during that time period I was just noticing there's something off in my brain and it felt like it was an exhaustion on some level like like I had totally dumped all the the dopamine that was normally not dumped at those levels and I'm normally not getting that type of a dopamine high and there was other, it felt like there was other glands, maybe the adrenal glands or even the uh, testicles, they, they release hormones and stuff. Other glands felt like they were maybe overworked or just some kind of, worked in some sort of unnatural, unnatural way that was a little uncomfortable, but also it just felt like I was a little bit drained. Even though I didn't ejaculate or touch myself once, the entire night before I still felt uh, a little bit drained and you could say maybe my creative my creative imagination and just motivation might have been a little bit dulled my desire level was certainly tamed the next day because it felt like dear while, while watching it felt like that was satisfying a, a desire and a male specific urge that didn't really need to be satisfied at all after that. So, in a, in way for for a relationship partner, that could be a bad thing because you're getting your you're getting your male desires um, satisfied in an unnatural, unhealthy kind of way with a, a computer, and instead of a real person, and it just seemed like. It wasn't really for me after... I mean, at first while I was doing it, it it, it seemed like it was great and it was even healing on some level. And maybe a useful tool that I could just use at any time. Uh, But the next day it just felt like uh, something was a little off in my head and it was connected to the dopamine, especially. And it felt like I had used drugs or something the night before, so that's kind of uh, my experience doing that, that one experiment after two or three years of abstinence uh, I, I went back to it specifically to see if you could if it could be used in any type of a positive healthy way and after after that, that experiment last night, it just didn't really seem like... You know, because I, I did everything kind of the way I agreed upon doing. You know, not touching myself, not not ejaculating, not overstimulating myself. Just kind of doing it as long as it was interesting. And then once I felt like i had had enough, leave it alone. And then possibly come back to it later. But the next day, I just it was I was just off a little bit. And it, it wasn't really... It wasn't really that bad of an off type of feeling, but I could feel something in my head had been drained in a, in a kind of an unnatural way that wasn't like, it's not like that, because you can have a lot of sex with like a physical partner, and it doesn't feel like that the next day. It feels much more healthy and much more, um, yeah, your desires are kind of fulfilled, and you know even if you don't ejaculate, there's it just feels like it's more healthy for all all of the body parts and you know glands and hormone secretors or whatever all all of those different because it's a bit it's a it's a system that all functions together with a bunch of different parts that function together to create all those uh, feelings and emotions and effects and the, uh, the porn kind of only stimulates the visual aspect, main, mainly, of that system. So, you know, you could do another experiment of, like, being in a room while people are having sex and just staying in that room for a long time. And you, you could compare that to the internet porn. Because in a way, they're similar, but it, that would be an interesting experiment, but... At least the, what I found going back to the porn one time was that I uh, was kind of right all along. It's not really uh, going to help anybody. Um, definitely had a lot of very powerful physiological effects. And it, it, it kind of did release a bunch of testosterone. But the next day it just felt more like a draining. Kind of like there was a price to pay for that. And that it's not something that you can just chronically use without uh, kind of probably negative effects. So with that said, I would say if you're watching porn, I probably would just never do it. That's probably what I'm going to do from now on. Just go back to how it was where I just avoid it. And yeah, sometimes when I use the computer, occasionally there will be a picture of a girl pop up on the screen. But I'm not just going to go dwell, dwell and indulge in that. And, um, you know, and this is how, this is kind of how knowledge works is sometimes you have to make mistakes in order to, you know, get to the truth about something. And again, a big part of, uh, proper parenting is sometimes allowing your kids to make mistakes. Uh, and that's connected to, it's connected to the microcosmic karmic, Uh, ...hypocrisy thing. It's like, as a society, we can't just make... uh, ...arbitrarily make certain things illegal. Like, internet porn. When other things are just perfectly... ...which are much more harmful in many cases. You know, like the slaughterhouses. All of those are just perfectly fine... ...in our fucked up, backward society. But... ...for someone to go and watch internet porn... ...which isn't even a crime you're just throwing your own physiology off off balance a little bit and the same kind of applies for you know consuming child porn even though even if it is violent you know that's one of the most horrific taboos in our entire society but if you think about it the person just consuming that and not producing it or trafficking kids or raping people just the person looking at it is not even actually hurting anyone and how how in a society or a tribe if no one's allowed to look at that material, how is anyone supposed to, to make the determination ter- that someone else is? Like, think about it as, as a justice and prosecutor and uh, criminal justice setting. How are the judges and the police supposed to determine, in the FBI and CIA, this is what the hip- hypocritical aspect of that whole legal... Um, you know, child porn thing, and it's used often to just persecute people who are not even doing that because they, the, the FBI can just backdoor your computer and send child porn to it and then say that, that they know that you have it on there or tell the media that you had it on there and now nobody's going to feel sorry for you or look into it at all. They'll just assume that that you're like a pedophile or something. Meanwhile, they, they have the data on their computer too, and obviously they at some point had to look at it to even determine that it was uh, violent material. So you have to ask the question, why, why should they be the only ones allowed to uh, look at that type of material? And the answer is that they've made it that way so that they can hide all the evidence and criminalize anybody who as much as even looks into the, the sex crimes and trafficking that they've been involved with I mean, uh, if you think about it from their perspective, it makes total sense to make that illegal for the general public to consume, but not illegal uh, for the authorities to look at it. And and yeah, they don't they don't talk about that openly, but it's just a convenient side effect of making that illegal that I've noticed really would benefit people who are trying to hide sex crimes. So you know, in a tribe, uh, if there's criminals that need to be taken care of somebody's got to determine that they may be producing material like that especially if they're producing it or trafficking kids or raping people then they should definitely be uh that situation should be taken care of on the physical level because the rest of the tribe members are well well above that moral standard they're not going around raping kids or uh killing people or you know involved in sex trafficking and slavery the majority of in a healthy tribe the majority of people aren't going to be doing that so if you have one guy that is you would be justified and it wouldn't the karmic you know the same type of karma wouldn't fall upon you of other people judging you and punishing you for i shaming somebody for doing that kind of stuff uh Again, trafficking kids or murdering people. Shaming somebody is perfectly okay, and you should do it because it would help. Shaming them and even going in and physically putting an end to it, you know, with weapons, would be a helpful thing to do for the uh, greater good in that case. But in the case of drug addictions and even, like, internet porn addictions, it's not really very helpful, I don't think, to go after, uh, to shame the person or or to try to physically put a stop to it as if, you know, you have the moral high ground. Because really all they're doing if they're only consuming it, all they're really doing is throwing their own physiology physiology off balance. And in the human in the human domain, it is their body and it is their brain. In the microcosmic domain, the the body and brain are their own kind of kind of independent but connected things. And yeah, it would be much, much more healthy and better for them to take care of those things. But again, if you look at the, the machine that I'm driving, it burns it burns gas, which contributes to biological systems being put off balance. Sometimes I'll cut grass with a lawnmower, and that's my microcosmic karma. You know, it's microcosmic wrong, wrongdoings. Sometimes I'll do that just out of either convenience or fear sometimes because of... know what would happen if you just let your yard you know grow wild the homeowners association that i currently live they would probably fucking kick you out of your house or some shit i don't know um the point is is that sometimes uh all of us are doing things that uh we shouldn't be doing on a microcosmic level and yeah that adds up but until we fix that and we're perfect even on those levels, we don't really have any business shaming other people for, you know, things like throwing their own physiolog- physiology a little bit off balance. And for some people it can be majorly off balance. But until they start hurting, hurting people or stealing or, you know, deceiving people in a really harmful type of way, um, you know, until they start actually raping people you really wouldn't be justified forcing them to quit and a lot of times it wouldn't even be a good idea to shame shame them because it it, it might not work and you might actually be attracting that type of energy to yourself people people starting to point fingers at you in, in every single little thing that you're doing that's just slightly off off balance you know whether or not that's just eating animal foods like cuz animal animal products will throw your body off balance in many types of terrible ways too. So for somebody who's still eating meat and um, you know driving around in cars and mowing their lawn and doing all these other, even things as, as simple as just like using harmful cleaning agents that are toxic, you know, in the house. Like there's, there's bacteria that die off every time you uh, put bleach in your toilet. <laughs> And you know it's it's helpful to think about the those kind of microcosmic paradoxes on some level too because um, all of that stuff really matters. And if you want to be really really good at magic and manifestation, you got to have real real clean karma. You get you got to be as clean as can be. And yeah, this it's not perfect. Me driving around in this car that you know, on some level pollutes the environment, if I could get a UFO without, without strip mining the earth and damaging people, you know, animals' habitats, that'd be great, that'd be a lot better way to travel, you know, if I could just learn to run 100 miles an hour, but, and uh, not be affected by cold, that would be even better, as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, until then, I'm just kind of living a life at my current level of uh, understanding and be nice to, to just give some people you know the majority of people maybe not even the majority but a lot of people need room to to make their own mistakes so that they can learn from direct experience as long as they're not hurting other people's physio physiology that's when it crosses a line of where you are justified using force to pre- either prevent them from doing that or to um you know, just end this situation. Until then, it's not even something to re- be all that fucked up over. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't do it yourself. And you can tell them what's going to happen if they keep doing it and tell them, you know, if you really want, you know, sexual attention, you know, from girls, because this is a typically a male thing. Typically men that are watching internet porn. Not always, but uh, I think men are much more susceptible to it just because of the male physiology and probably in the brain there's a little bit more uh, visual stim—you know stimulation potential for men than for women. It seems like they're much easier to turn on and they're much more visually stimulated, it seems. So, uh, you know, the internet porn addiction is probably more so a, a male problem than a female problem. So, um, you know, women a lot of times they don't, they don't quite understand it from the male perspective. Um, but it, you know, and so it's probably a huge turn off for women. Whereas, whereas for men, they're just like, yeah, you, you know, you kind of understand why somebody would do that. Women is probably very foreign to them a lot of the times, not always, but you might just think it's really gross. And um, there's a reason for that. It's, and that's because it is a little bit unnatural and um, it is throwing the person off balance and possibly putting, you know, things in their head that shouldn't be there because those images do stay in your head. And uh, it might make people act more shallow, <clears throat> maybe even have a different type of attitude towards women than somebody who doesn't use that. But certainly it does uh, affect the physio- physiology, even when you're not masturbating in a um, kind of a negative type of way. So I- I'll probably just leave it alone from now on. And, um, I, you know, my energy is very, very important to me. And I've always, lately, I've especially, I've always... Had really really great energy, and a big part of why why my energy was getting better and better is because, you know, I don't I don't ever masturbate or or watch internet porn. So thought I'd do an experiment just to see if you if it could be used, in a way that wasn't harmful. And the results of the experiment kind of tell me that no, it's pretty much just poison, um, kind of like alcohol. There's not really ever ever a good time or place to use alcohol, in my opinion. And, and I have a pretty strong opinion that's based in experience. And um, even I got so sensitive that the last time I really drank alcohol, was I had a sip of red wine, just one sip, and it gave me a hangover within an hour. So, you know, as your karma cleans up, you get much, much more sensitive. And people who are chronically taking in poisonous substances, they almost won't even believe you that, that it is poisonous because they're so used to it and they just can't even they can't they don't have anything to compare to so you know in their mind it is mostly harmless and it's not you know that's how I used to think I was people would try to tell me not to watch porn and it would typically be Christians trying to bring Jesus into it and shame shame you for it and say that it's wrong for all these reasons that don't make any sense. They're not just getting to the, the causal, you know, natural law aspect of it. They're just spouting a bunch of programming and, you know, shame because Christians are so ashamed of sex that it's just sad. Like their, their biggest message sometimes seems to be that you have to wait and get married before you have sex. It's just, it's just sad. And, you know, those kind of delusions spreading them doesn't really, uh, doesn't really prevent, and if anything, it just causes more more suffering and more damage and causes people's heads to be even more fucked up. But, you know, when I was growing up, that didn't really ever stop me from watching porn and it didn't make me feel bad about it at all. It just seemed like a, a bunch of religious kooks babbling on, you know, spouting programming at me. And if they if they had knowledge uh, and could explain it in a way that that actually was logical and made sense, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it, so... Rather than, you know, shaming people for doing things that throw their micro physiology off, off balance, it might just be better to explain to them the cause and effect relationship and exactly why you shouldn't watch internet porn. If you, if you want to be healthy and attract a mate and, you know, be successful in life, uh, it, it kind of throws your energy off. So it it's, there's a price to pay for it and... Mike, In my case, it seemed like that's just a price that I definitely don't want to pay, so I wouldn't recommend it. Peace, love, and anarchy. As a final side note, last night it seemed like my head was a little bit sore. Not really bad, but it kind of had a slight feeling of like I took a blow to the head or something. So, I don't think my brain really liked that much dopamine release at once, and... Similarly, my testicles didn't feel quite right. They weren't necessarily sore, but it just seemed like they had been overworked or in an off-balance kind of of way. I mean, compared to organic sex, which is usually pretty healing for all those organs, the uh, porn experience seemed to just throw things off-balance. And uh, it's slightly kind of an uncomfortable, just not quite painful since, you know, I didn't really physically touch myself or anything, it just didn't feel quite right, and uh, it's kind of a annoying type of feeling that, you know, you just have to wait it out for it to get back to normal, so again, wouldn't recommend it uh, for anybody, so Another interesting note, my partner told me the next day, after that porn binge, that she was actually it actually kept her up all night because um some type of you know quantum non-locality kind of thing where the fact that we're kind of partnered up means that brain brain changes that i'm experiencing she also kind of experiences in real time so the kind of adrenaline testosterone dopamine release that i was kind of experiencing you know on and off during the night actually caused her to uh, kind of experienced the same thing and so she couldn't sleep. So it had consequences on that on that front too, which is kind of a surprise to me. It's an interesting result from the experience from the experiment, but you know, um a lot of times in your life other people are depending on you, you know, to have solid energy and to be um doing everything you can. And uh self-sabotaging in that way and, you know, using drugs and other types of self-sabotage kind of uh, disappoints other people too, and can cause problems with not, not just you, but the people that you're working with. So um, we're kind of all, all in it together in, in, in a way. So it's really, really helpful if all of us you know, stay on a good path and uh, avoid you know, drugs and porn and other you know, hurting each other doing blatantly immoral things like stealing all of that is um you know not good for the entire human human crowd so that's if you want to know why you know there's chemtrails and government and all this other horrible shit it's because every single individual in their own ways kind of either contributes or doesn't contribute to all of those forces with their thoughts, emotions, and actions, their beliefs, and you know the way they act in the world and that all adds up and then the uh, shared reality that we all have to experience is you know the one that we're in now and uh, if you have problems with it, it it's very helpful to understand what's causing it and so so you're not spinning your wheels reacting or being manipulated by people who um, are master psychologists, and I've heard that in uh, other countries and war zones, they've actually weaponized porn, and made it into, they put, broadcast into people's living rooms on their normal TV stations, places like Gaza, and war zones, you know, because they want the men, especially, but really everybody, they, they, would, lo- they would love to get everybody with it, but just you know, if the more people they can get to fall for that, the weaker the human race is going to be and the, the less able to resist, you know, the forces of evil. But, lesson that I learned in my life, and so that's why I'm sending, giving out this message on that issue specifically, is to save, you know, save people a little bit of karma and hell and get, you know, put out a, a positive message to counter counterbalance all the uh, negativity that's been... Um, around for so long so hope you enjoyed the video and uh, like subscribe send me some tips if you want that would be great and uh, share it share it with your friends who may need advice like this if they um, you know if you're concerned about their web browsing activities let's say <laughs> or if they just have energy that's kind of off and you might it's it's sexual it's a sexual kinda maybe they're off sexually in some way. A lot of my other video, um, Nathan's Freedom Zone, episode six, very, very helpful at correcting people's sexual energy. So if you have any creepy friends in your life that are um always, you know, needy, kinda hitting on girls inappropriately, that video is made specifically for them, but, you know, women can benefit from it too, a hundred percent. So like, share, subscribe, and uh Stay on the path, and peace, love, and anarchy.